This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Again, as an older player at MVPs, and then he goes to Tampa. Tom Brady has invented and reinvented himself more than any player in any sport in the history of the major sports in the country of America, and he will be remembered to me as the greatest living American, as John Anderson likes to call him. I love how Tom Brady was. Tom Brady was last night. I am not. I, it is day to day. I am not sure. These are false reports. I'm still trying to figure this out, and then like 10 hours later, 12 hours later, there's just this blitzed, organized, what, probably 500-word statement across multiple Instagram posts. So I think Shefty had it all along. Shefty and um, and um, Darlington, Darlington, right? Apologized to Shefty. And Darlington's super tight with Brady, so it seems odd. Like, just, you know what, it got, got out, say, yeah, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, that's okay. Like yeah. there's this need, there's this need of competitors to be like, no, no, it's gonna be on my timetable. Three days after you reported it. Yeah, congrats. It's on your yeah. timetable. I'm sure Brady will come okay, up. Okay, Tom, you win. Brady will come up. I'm sure, and who gets it, who doesn't today? But let's uh, let's do it. Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment speculation. We got a Vikings head coaching search heating up with Jim Harbaugh coming to town on Wednesday. So we'll get into some of that later. But my first, who gets it, who doesn't is going to come with a little video clip here, okay? I'm going to say I'm going to say the Wilfs get it. Because however it shaked out, they may have dodged a bullet with Ryan Poles. This is a clip from Ryan Poles who is one of the two finalists for the Vikings general manager job. He chose the Bears. However it worked out, I don't know if the Vikings lowballed him. There were some rumblings, but this is like a 30, 40 second clip of Ryan Poles. All right, the franchise is yours. Here you go. You are the leader of the Chicago Bears. Let's go. What am I about? And how and what's my philosophy? We're gonna build through the draft. We're gonna acquire young, fast, and physical football players. We're gonna be selective in free agency, and we're gonna connect evaluation with valuation. We're gonna have a, a relentless approach to fix our weakness. We're going to maintain great self-awareness of who we are. We're going to solve problems with open communication and candor. And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. What? Dude, that was cringe yesterday. You know, I struggle with that a little bit to dump on a guy for his first press conference because he he clearly had a lot of nerves up there at the podium. But I will say this, Kwesi's press conference was marvelous. Like, he was great. He was seamless. And, and he was going through a ton of notes, too. Um, so, yeah, that's um, – yeah, that's not great. I just don't know how you can – I get that, like, some of these guys don't speak publicly. They're just behind-the-scenes scouting types, and I totally get that. But 
you are the leader of the franchise. It reminded me a little right. bit of that Nick Sirianni press conference yeah. last year where he talked the, the the Eagles head coach and they made the playoffs, but and he talked about systems and we're going to install systems and yeah. he kept saying systems. But like the, my takeaway from that Ryan Poles forty second clip is that they're going to build through the draft. They're going to be selective in free agency. They're going to put players in a position to succeed. Okay, I think the sounds I, good, guy. I think if if Ryan Poles had come to me with that script and been like, your thoughts, before I get up there and, and address the Bears Nation, your thoughts, I would have definitely taken the last part out. Like, but, like yeah, let's we're gonna, not. We're going to take the North and never I mean, it back. What? If you're given a killer presser, like if you just dominate the presser and you're going to like, I'm going to end with that. It's like, okay, you know, cocky, but you're dominating the presser, right? But I feel like when they're, when you're, going up there and you're predisposed uh, to have a bout of nerves, which I certainly get. I don't think you end with like the cockiest thing that you could possibly say yet. No, I think, you know, if, if it was, if it was a head coach, if it was Dan Campbell and he wants to say something right. clearly like, you know, rooted in bravado because he wants his players to believe that that's cool. But like as the head of a front office, especially in today's NFL, unless you're the 2001 through 2019 Patriots, you're going to have to probably take steps back here. It's just like a weird, unrealistic thing to promise any franchise, especially a franchise that has come nowhere near that level of dominance ever. Like, even in the 80s, they weren't. Like, the Vikings were competitive with them in the 80s. Everyone who sets foot through these doors will be proud to be a bear. (laughs) Something like that. How about that? Yeah, that that works. Like, that's not great, but at least it's like, it's trying to instill confidence without sounding incredibly cocky. And it's like, dude, this is not what's going to take yeah. place next so, couple of years. You're not going to take the north. Sorry, it's not all about the you know the press conference. But after the press conferences, yeah. I'll take I'll take Quasi ten times out of ten. He did dominate. Is it weird to you guys that the Bears fired Ryan and Matt, and then <laughs> hired Ryan and Matt? It's a little strange. Ryan a P. They strange. fired Ryan P. Yes. and yeah. Matt, and they hired Ryan P. And yes, it does seem Matt. a little bit odd. The and Bears. Then, uh, <laughs> the Bears do not instill a ton of confidence in me from the top down. The McCaskies don't make me yeah. – if, if I was a Bears fan, until the, the McCaskies were out, I would not have, have a feeling of bravado and confidence to be a Bears fan. McCaskey, too, uh, he showed up to baggage claim. At, at what I, I don't know if it was O'Hare or Midway. It was O'Hare, yes. Okay. Showed up to baggage claim, and, and Matt, Ryan Pohl said, you know, that's what told me – what kind of organization and what kind of people they are that he would meet me at baggage claim. It's like, well, yeah, you know why? Cause he's so penny-pinching cheap. Exactly. He could have sent a private jet. That's what if the I don't have a guy with a piece of paper like this, that's Mr. Zolgad. Yes. Zolgad. I'm not taking your job. <laughs> like, like if I, Hey, it's Ziggy. What's up, man? Oh, my car's just parked right out front here. We got to go. <laughs> It's going to expire. I'm going to get towed. Is that it's a like, conversion I I van, Ziggy? Ugh. I don't know what that is. Dude. I'm going to turn this job down. Thank you, though. Mr. I heard Ryan Poles was was denied a first-class ticket, but they did give him uh, the Comfort Plus upgrade. <laughs> Another, a little bit strapped there in Chicago. Watched a great movie. All right. Who gets it? Who doesn't? Judd. Who gets it? As of this morning, this man following every Zolgadian rule possible. He's got his critics, but he's great. 22 years, seven Lombardi trophies at the age of 44. And yes, he he didn't win a championship in 2021, but you know what? He was still damn good. And he goes out 
off a year in which a lot of guys probably would have been tempted to come back, Tom Brady gets it. Tom Brady announcing his retirement while still playing at the level that he is when I think a lot of us thought that he would continue to play. This is a guy who gets when to call it quits, assuming he is calling it quits. You say he has critics? Some people don't like I, like TTB. Who I, are Tom yeah. Brady's critics? I heard him say that, and I th- yeah. I think he meant more just like he he's just a weird he's kind of a yeah. weird guy because he's because yeah. he's a sociopath. I think deep down. Yes, yes. A my sociopath. Hate, a sociopath doesn't care about him. other humans. I think he's I, I think he's an empath. He's uh, the opposite of a sociopath. I Don can't stand him. Don can't stand him. The, I wouldn't say he cares about other Giselle things. thing really upset folks. He's the ultimate relationship okay. building athlete. Like his whole you know career what? has been building that wasn't relationships. My point. Look what we've that done. That was my point. <laughs> Look what we've my done. My point is, you he's going, no, going, wait a second. He's no, this is ridiculous. Judges, judge, we're honoring the greatest quarterback of all time, and judges just said talked about his non-existent critics, and definitely called him a sociopath. My wife hates <laughs> guts. But anyway, that's not the point. My point is. Unlike Peyton, who went out with the Super Bowl, but my God, the ball was fluttering through the air, and it was very difficult to watch a once great player who couldn't throw the football. I am praising <laughs> TB12 going out on top as far as his game goes. Well, why he didn't he go out? Okay, shouldn't he have, by the Zolgadian rule, like, shouldn't he have gone out two years ago? Why? Why? It's kind of weird that he even came back, right? You just yeah. won a Super Bowl with but, a I different mean, he, organization. He was still playing well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to push this to – my rule is serious. Get out while you're still good. A championship, better, right? But my rule is this. Um, Brady and Ortiz, I have great respect for because both of them didn't win championships in their last season, but what did they do? They both played really well and said, see ya. I love how you have more respect for those guys leaving a year or two early than yes. you do for like their championship accomplishments throughout the prime of their the, the key rule is know when to get out. <laughs> and David Ortiz and Brady both know. Okay. Assu- assuming Brady's done, too. Which, by the way, until he files his retirement papers, I will point you to Favre, Brett, 2009. Until those papers are filed, you are not officially retired as far as the National Football League is concerned. And why did the remind me? Why did the Jets essentially like release his rights? Because wasn't he under contract? They drafted and, Mark Sanchez in the draft right before, and and but why would they not like hold on to Favre's rights so they care. could trade him? Uh, because he he said I'm done. I know the same thing. That's that's my point. It's the same thing. It's Tom is doing well. Tom potentially could do. The same thing that Brett did, which is I'm done retiring. I think the Bucks would be idiots to, but the Bucks would have to if he, he can retire. But the Bucks would have to literally like release his rights. Well, his contract was for how long now? I think there's a couple of void years in there. They brought okay, his cap number down. Question. And, so and here, here, here's my question to you. Let's see how strong the Zolgadian uh, okay. principles are here. Okay. Okay. So you're 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 congratulating Tom for stepping away before he looks like a noodle arm who's As 80 years old. Okay. Correct. Correct. Let's say he gets the itch in four months and. A Michigan man, a fellow Michigan man, is coaching the Minnesota Vikings. They've traded Kirk Cousins, but they don't have a solution at quarterback quite yet. They're trying to figure things out. They may have drafted somebody. And Tom Brady gets the itch. And the Bucks have, for whatever reason, released his rights. And so now he can just go play for whoever. Right. right. How strong are your Zolgadian principles 
Hold on a second. I, I got to look at the rules. They're in this notebook. Okay. Under rule 23, subsection A, rule 21C, dot, dash C. The Zolgadian hypocritical rule comes into play here, okay. which is if you There's come back and here. play okay. for a Minnesota team, I forgive you because it's so much fun. Unless you play for the Minnesota team, look great in the first year, and then don't recognize the second well, year that tried. you need to retire. Favre, Brett Favre. Favre told those jokers, he said, I'm done. And Hutchinson, Longwell, They kidnapped Allen, him. They basically kidnapped him. you got to come back. I almost don't blame Brett. Brett they broke knew. into his house in Hattiesburg, you know kidnapped him, so, and paid him a million dollars a game to come back. This is a great point. This is a fantastic point. And allow me to say this in Brett's defense. Brett Favre was prepared, very much prepared, to be done. Do you know why? Not because he, he had fulfilled the Vikings' need for a championship. He certainly had not. But Brett, who I love dearly, in part because he's so selfish, said, I had a great year. I don't need to prove more. It was never about your, I wanted to do three things. One, play great. Two, beat the Packers once. And three, beat the Packers twice. I did all of that. I do not care if you guys have a Super Bowl. What I really cared was I showed everybody. And Brett was going to walk away, which was, in my opinion, one of the great moves of of all time. Don't care about the rest of the world. Care about yourself. That's what Brett did. And those guys kidnapped him. You're right, Phil. They should have been arrested. You are correct. They kidnapped him. They hijacked him and brought him back to this (laughs) godforsaken team for 2010. All right, Declan, who gets it, who doesn't? All right, I'm going to go with the who doesn't get it. Um, I'll say this. I I respect the hell out of this guy because he's like a pioneer in sports broadcasting, and I do like watching his show. Uh, But here is Rich Eisen, fellow Michigan alum, by the way. Michigan man. Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) And the rumors circulate. Now it's different. The rumors flying in newspapers and on television and on the internet is one thing. For him to actually go ahead and kick a tire with an interview, whether it is a full-on, I've got my PowerPoint, here's how we're going to handle Cousins, here's how we're going to handle the defense, here's where we're going to handle the draft, here's the way that I'm interested in handling all of those things, and you tell me if you're interested in having me come aboard, and so on and so forth. Or it's just exploratory, just a chit-chat. Now that this has happened, now when you go into recruiting wars and you go into somebody's living room, now you're going to have to answer, well, are you going to be there? Rich. Who cares? To be, yes. No <laughs> one cares. Nobody <laughs> cares, dude. No one cares. And I get it. He's a proud Michigan alum. I understand. But seriously, man, no one gives a crap. I get it. College football, people love it. It's all about community, and it's all about recruiting kids to come play for our schools and be a part of a tradition that's bigger than yourselves. This is why I don't get down with college football. I don't, it's a bunch of, that is such phony BS. These coaches are in it for themselves too. It's not about anything else like that. It's about themselves. And if he wants to come back to the NFL, great. I know Eisen loves Michigan and bleeds blue. That's phenomenal. But Rich, buddy, no one cares if he has, he has to do that. If he gets to come to the NFL, that's what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. I think Michigan football will be just fine without him. 
You know what? That I'm so glad you played that clip. That clip makes me want Jim Harbaugh as the Vikings coach even more. Like I was kind of fifty fifty on Purple After Dark last night. Like Raheem Morris, uh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh doesn't owe Michigan anything else. He's been there for like six or seven years. Finally brought them back to national prominence after. I mean, they've basically been nationally irrelevant for like fifteen or twenty years. You could even argue like early two thousands is is probably the last time they were nationally relevant. Maybe late nineties. He brought him back to national prominence. They cut his pay. Almost all those Michigan fans and alumni wanted him fired at one point in the last two or three years. He rose up. If he wants to kick the tires on a new job, get back to the NFL, who cares? Now, might it be awkward if he whiffs on these jobs and has to go back into that building? Maybe. But I get the feeling that just following Jim Harbaugh's career as a player and a coach for 30 years, he doesn't really care about things being awkward. He just has a very different personality. And uh, I think he'll be fine if he has to go back to Michigan. And I don't care where you, you attended school. If you work in our business and you don't want Harbaugh back in in the pros, you're absolutely crazy. Jim Harbaugh is going to be great fodder. Like, I, I don't understand being that, like, I'm a Michigan guy. And I he Rich Eisen is truly upset. It's like, dude, no, this helps you. I think he's mad because Michigan, like Michigan, is nationally relevant yeah. again, and he's going to lose. You know, who who are they going to bring in that's that's going to be as good as Jim Harbaugh? Who cares? Who cares about your school? You're, well, that's that's where he. I think old. that's where his opinions come. You're from. old, right? But you're old. You went there a long time ago. You went there when Bo Schembechler was probably there. Like, like, think about your life right now. Your pregame show will have fodder for uh, for weeks. So yeah, I just. Bob Motzko left St. Cloud State to go to the U of M. Was I initially upset about that? Yeah, I was. I was upset about it, but I didn't really. At the forty-eight hours later, I didn't care. I wasn't going to lose sleep over a St. Cloud State hockey coach jumping ship to the University of Minnesota. And if you still have a grudge over that, change your priorities of what you get upset about. If PJ Fleck left the Gophers tomorrow, it'd be a fun talker. Deep down, I wouldn't care. One iota. I would uh, I would lose a little sleep over that because I am rowing the boat. But it would also be fun to watch PJ Fleck in a Vikings. I was going to say uniform in like a Vikings pullover. Yeah, I, I would. PJ Fleck in the NFL outs, would be completely botching the entire game. Yeah, running the ball as time much out, as Navy and Air out. Force. Another timeout. <laughs> By the way, there's two quarters left. We should uh, later in the show. Let's let's talk. I, I joke about. You know, PJ Flex statistically runs the ball more than any college football program except the <laughs> Naval Academy, <laughs> Army, and uh, yeah, the Service Academy. Jim Harbaugh loves to run the ball too, and we can talk about that uh, maybe in the second half of Mackie and Judd here. But just a quick, a quick shout out to uh, the golf show. So every year we at Score North help organize the t- the uh, it's this year it's the 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center on Friday, February 18th through Sunday, February 20th. Judd and I are going to do a special podcast for uh, anyone who wants to walk by and uh, and hang out with us on that Friday, February 18th. Tickets are on sale for just $12, compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. And uh, you can find more details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com, presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, Second Swing X Golf. And us, score north. All right, who gets it? Who doesn't? You know who? Uh, I, I, this is unprecedented. Mm. I'm going back to back, same answer for different reasons 
in who gets it, who doesn't. The Wilfs, I think they got it when it came to Quasi versus Ryan Poles. And I and, and looking at their, their finalist list here for coaches, it's a great list in terms of diverse backgrounds, just diversity period, but diverse backgrounds, levels of experience, different sides of the ball. So, you know, if you would have told me a few weeks ago, the finalist is going to include, and I'm not even going to name names, a seasoned, experienced, winning former NFL coach, and I might have thought, oh, you're talking about Doug Peterson. I didn't think Jim Harbaugh was going to be in play. It's also going to include a couple dynamic leaders that are now coordinators, but on the rise, D'Amico Ryans, Raheem Morris. It's going to include an offensive guru from the McVay coaching tree in Kevin O'Connell. And just to throw it in there, it'll also include uh, a well-respected former Belichick coaching tree guy, because uh, I guess you got to kick the tires on the Belichick. I would have said, Yes, that's. I can live with that list of you know four or five finalists, and let's see what happens. So, yeah, I I do wonder why haven't they had a conversation with Eric Bieniemy? Why wasn't Doug Peterson more in the mix? Why did they not talk to Brian Dable? You know, so there's a few questions I have, but ultimately, I really like the four finalists, and I'll include D'Amico Ryan's, who's out. Like they had him as a finalist too. The way that they narrowed this down, I'm in on. What do you guys think? Mm, I'm waiting to see. Um, I the the Har- Wait, what, three years. The Harbaugh thing is so weird. I I need to know more about about the genesis of this and like where it started. And was this a thought out plan or an, an opportunity that arose because Jim's agent called you and said our guy wants out, and they said, "Oh yeah, that's great." Um, I need to know if there was thought behind that one or if it was an opportunity that presented itself and because the Wilfs love the big moves said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all in. Um, I don't know that they got to this list, at least as it is constituted now from the proper place of a good search. And that's my Mm -hmm. question. And you know what? I might be totally wrong. I'm just saying that's my question. I like it. I think they've done a, a, a damn good job of looking at offense, defensive guys. Yeah, diversity has been important for them, too. I, I, I've been impressed with it. I think at first we were a little confused why Ryan Poles, who apparently was the favorite, and then goes Chicago, and we had to pump the brakes a little bit being, hey, wait a minute, this crazy guy could be the right dude. Now just, I mean, we, we flip-flop a little bit, but watching the press conferences, like I think they dodged a bullet. It was, a, it was the right thing not to just offer Ryan Poles a ton of money and not go after him right away. They did the right thing. Yeah, uh, we're going to take the North and never give yeah. it back. Be, beware of the, pre- right, the press conference. Um, like, it looks good now, but uh, we, we do need to see once the moves, once the fur starts to fly as far as moves go. Because some guys who don't do great pressers can be really good executives. So I am, uh, I am not going to be jump to conclusions guy. Get it? Jump to conclusions. It's a, it's a jump, jump to conclusions. conclusions jump to conclusions. I'm a people person. Different conclusions that you can jump to. What a great movie. What All right. Who gets movie. it? Who doesn't? Uh, who does not get it? Former Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. And here's why. Mikey, where are you? Where are you? Ricky, <laughs> little Ricky Spielman is doing his media tour. And basically, without necessarily naming you, filleting you every chance he gets, putting this on you on your head, making you look like a fool. And all that we've seen thus far is is a response from your girlfriend? Uh, Zim, come on, man. You've got free reign. And by the way, you might be done coaching. Like, we don't know. But you're 65, I, I, I believe. 
at the age of 65, if Ricky Spielman is going to put this all on you and you're not going, you're not going to respond. You've got a friend, right? I, it might be Shefty, Pelissero, Ian Rappaport. I don't know. I'm not saying that you have to do a press conference, but call one of your friends up and say, I want to set the record straight because, because it pains me to see a guy who basically had no time for, for the media or talking or sharing philosophies in Rick Spielman during basically his entire time here. And now he won't shut up and everything is in some way, shape or form, not his fault. I did this and I did that. And you've got to have a coach who does this. Mikey come out of hiding from Kentucky for just a moment, call a friend up, phone a friend and let's hear from you. Right now, you don't get it. Yeah, I would like to hear, not from his girlfriend on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I, I, it would be interesting to hear from Zimmer. I'm sure he's still trying to figure out and process what happened. I, there's probably some burnout there. Sure, he, just, he didn't is, look like a very happy guy at the end of that run. But this move by Rick is BS, I think. You think so? Like, like to come I, out. Fi- he's not. He's just doing media. I don't know. Right, but I mean, he's coming out and basically trying to to uh, piece by piece absolve himself and say you the coach has to do this. The co- and it's clear that he's talking about Mike. Mm-hmm. So I'm I just saying think... I want a response from Mike. So I, I in you know again Spielman has not like you said he hasn't named Zimmer by name, but this you know when when Cowherd's asking him questions about the current landscape of the NFL and he says it's imperative for the head coach to have a great relationship with the quarterback, Correct. like he's throwing out. If you read between the, the lines, he's throwing out the things that went wrong. I don't think he has said or hinted at anything that I disagree with. But if it's being framed as, listen, I was a perfect. But he, but then again, he's kind of doing the, the Eminem 8-mile thing. Like yeah. at the end of 8-mile where Eminem does the, he's, he's first up in the, in the finals of the rap battle. And he says, here, like I know everything you got to say about me. And Rick Spielman let off his media tour on that Moving the Sticks podcast by saying, unprompted, I've had major struggles identifying franchise quarterbacks, and here's why. I know that's what you're going to say about me. Yeah, come on, man, we got one. (laughs) I know that's what, yeah, exactly. The work is already done. Uh, That's what you're going to say about me, and so I'll throw that out there, and now I can talk freely about other people's flaws. So, you know, are there other things that he could have done better as a general manager? Yes, but I don't don't really have a problem with his media tour. I want to hear Good for him, man. I I want to hear from Mike. I want Mike to lash back. I want this out. Celebrity there. death match. I want this yeah. out in. Pu- I want the feud out in public. I want to know more about it. I want to know how it got away. I want that feud out. All right, Declan, who gets it? Who doesn't? I'll go with the who gets it. Uh, I feel like yeah. Uh, Royce touched on this during our rap session uh, earlier this morning. The Minnesota Wild get it. They are red hot in the month of January. They haven't lost in regulation since the Winter Classic, dude. They've been clicking on all cylinders from Kaprizov. To Fiala, Boldy coming up, John Merrill signing up, Jordan Greenway getting an extension. Everything is clicking for the Wild right now. They're they're red hot. They have a ton of games in hand. Um, They're getting hot at the right time here. The trade deadline is still about six weeks away. Uh, Judd and I did do a reckless speculation episode on potential targets the Wild could be, uh, that they could acquire at the trade deadline. But right now the Minnesota Wild are red hot and once February starts, things get really interesting. I think maybe even the more promising thing about the Wild, especially with all these back-to-back games that they have lined up after um, the All-Star break, is that Capo Kakadin's emergence has been phenomenal for them. Talbot went down with an injury, and Capo has been phenomenal. 
uh, for them. So now that they are going to have all these games, can you find an appropriate goaltending split? Because the Wild have historically ridden their number one guys forever. And I think they still trust Cam Talbot to be their guy, but they have to go to a 60-40, 55-45. I mean, almost if they want, I think in, in a perfect world, you'd have a 50-50 split between the two because they've both been so damn good for you. But everything is clicking for the Wild. These are good problems to have. They they won't stop winning, and that's a good thing. They're, uh, they're, they're right in the, in the race, but in the Central Division, the Wild get it. I'm pumped for this stretch run. What, when are the playoffs push? The playoffs are pushed back a little bit, right? Do they start in May? Yes, uh, end of yeah, April, early right. May. So we still have to wait like three months for this inevitable playoff season, run. Man. The yeah. Hockey season, love it. I love the. Let's, 50, let's speed this thing up. The 56 here, game schedule last year was great. I am like I am for bringing back the 56 game schedule. I thought that was awesome. I agree. I, I don't know how it would ever work. I, I said that for both the NHL and the NBA. I don't know how it would work revenue wise because. These owners aren't going to want to give up yeah. home dates, but just for like condensing the season a little bit more. I don't know that we need the Stanley Cup Finals in June. You know, like let's let's, let's every season let's now in the sports that I like the most is too long. Football is perfect at sixteen games. I'm good with baseball. Football. Should go back to one fifty four. And you really NBA, you you really look back at that football season and feel like oh that kind of dragged. It's too long it now because they're going great. to eighteen. I'm going to cut them off at the past. I think, I think they you see what 20. I do, Phil, is I identify problems and I fix the problems before they get worse. <laughs> I am like a sports counselor. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like you should start start a business and see. see well, I'm sports happens. dad too. I got a lot of hats. Okay, <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. Uh, all right, that's who gets it, who doesn't here every Tuesday on Mackie and Judd. Let's. Last night on Purple Daily, if you guys missed it over on the, the Purple Podcast YouTube channel and podcast feed, we dove into just the latest. You know, we, have, we got four official finalists for this Vikings head coaching job. Jim Harbaugh, Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, and Pat Graham, who's coming in today actually to Minneapolis, who is a Belichick coaching tree guy, Giants defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, eliminated himself from this. He just wants to stay in San Francisco. Doesn't feel like he's ready. Doesn't feel like it's the right situation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. If it's Harbaugh, you know, we spent so much time last year complaining, I think rightfully so, about Mike Zimmer's conservative approach to offense, right? Like, he always wants you to run the ball more and play close football games, and it's all about his defense. Even though I think the best defense is a great offense that you can take a 20 point lead and force the opposing team to be one dimensional. But if you look back at the best season of Jim Harbaugh's career in San Francisco. So when they went to the Super Bowl, Colin Kaepernick was at his peak. They threw the ball less than any team not named the Seattle Seahawks. So they were 31st in pass attempts. Okay. Now, some of that is they may, you know, they had a lot of RPOs. They may have, they may have called, you know, 50 pass plays that turned into runs because of Kaepernick. So right. there's definitely just, you know, that whole dynamic. But even if you tack 50 extra pass attempts on, they would have been 28th in pass attempts that season. So Alex Boone has told us throughout, you know, the last couple of years, just talking about his old coach, Jim Harbaugh, that, yeah, he's, He's got some old school nature to him, and he does love to pound the rock and run the ball, but he's also innovative. Like they're, they're doing things offensively, even though it's run heavy. 
mm-hmm. that are much more innovative than what you're seeing with the current Vikings offense. So it's not quite apples to apples. But how would you feel if he came in here and said, all right, it's going to be a different offense, but we're going to run the football. We're going to pound the rock. We're going to be bottom five in pass attempts as long as I'm the coach. So I don't, I don't think he would do that if Kirk was staying. Because I, I think he wants the freedom with a guy like Kaepernick that he had for RPOs and plays like that, which also, Phil, gets, gets into what you brought up last night, which is it's been a long time since he coached in this league. Yeah, like, at that different. time, that whole thing was like, oh, my God. If you go back to, I believe it was the Packer playoff game, um, and the Packers had no clue. Like, defensively, they were like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were lost. And that was because at that time, it was new. Now it's not. not. Now it's sort of run its course and morphed into different, shall I say, variants. So I don't think that Harbaugh would say that with Kirk. But if they went in a different direction with and not this guy in particular, but I'll just throw the name out there, with a Mon type, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't bug me because if you have different ideas, that's fine. So it would very much depend on, on who they married themselves to at quarterback. If he came in and flat out said, Zim ran the ball, and guess what? Jimmy runs it even more, and Jimmy's going to run the ball, and yes, Kirk's my guy, I would say, slow the roll a second there. So my feeling personally would be very different based on who you were going to present as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another uh, another angle to this too is, like you said, the league has changed so much. Would he? You know, we're thinking about the like much like Flip Saunders, right? Flip Saunders, you know, comes back to the Timberwolves. It's like, okay, um, is he going to run right. the same two point offense that that worked 15 years ago? And the answer was kind of yes. And you know, they won they won some games, but. I don't think that Harbaugh would come in and just do the same things that he was doing, even if he had a mobile quarterback. I think like, I, I think everything that we've sort of heard about him and the way that Alex Boone talks about him on Purple Daily, that he would make adjustments and come up with some other way to... He's, he's, he's described behind the scenes as this mad offensive scientist, but because they run the ball so much, I think people equate that to, oh, he's old school and antiquated. But I think you can be both things. I think you can be innovative, and I think you can be adaptive and still like running the ball for various reasons. Correct. Now, the Vikings offensive line right now, as we sit here, is much more equipped to run the ball than pass protect, and that's another discussion too. You know, are they Would they revamp the offensive line to be better in pass protection, or would Jim Harbaugh come in here and say, oh, I kind of like the nimble mobile offensive lineman a little bit and get out in space, get to that second level, Let's double down on that. Let's double down on Dalvin as the centerpiece to this offense. Right. You know, and then what does Justin Jefferson think about that? There's so many little tentacles to like what he could be thinking offensively. And what he did with Kaepernick was far from, oh boy, that's old school BS stuff. So, so your point last night is the best point. And that is where is he at right now? Like, it, it, you know, because if he comes in with, new ideas again. I don't think we objected to the runs. I think we objected to the fact that it was based in a philosophy that was very circa 1995, right? So like, if you come in with a different QB and you're going to run the ball, I don't think that we're going to be like, Oh, you can't do that. That Lamar Jackson should pass more. Um, So I would be very curious to know 
where he's at now as far as being an offensive mind? Because clearly around 2012 or so, he was on top of things. Yep. And also, I know you've got some, you got a nugget to throw in here, but the Vikings were not even like they loved to run the ball, but they weren't even that good at running the ball this season. You know, they were, they were, they were number one in the NFL in stuff percentage, which means the the percentage of runs that result in either no gain or a loss. So they were just great, they were stuffed more often than any team. Great stat. And they ultimately ranked 17th in yards per carry. So they yeah. just some of it was lying. I think Dalvin was banged up for a lot of the season too. So it's like it, you know now Harbaugh again in his in his peak season as head coach of the 49ers 2012 and some of this is having one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the history of the league Pete Colin Kaepernick they were second in the NFL they averaged over five yards per carry so again running the ball is not the same in all contexts the yep. way that they were running the ball and the deception and the line and the RPOs was much more effective than sort of the line them up and hand it to Dalvin approach that the Vikings took the last couple of years if I was in the process on Wednesday with Harbaugh, I would have three offensive questions for him. One is, what is your intention with, and three that don't involve Kirk, what is your intention with Cook? Um, I have always thought that Dalvin Cook has never been maximized in the correct way. He's been used a ton. Um, Dalvin Cook made a catch against the Steelers that was phenomenal, that showed his hand. Like, he's got some hands. Um, And that play was used on occasion. That's a play. Like, that play should be in your playbook uh, as a potential play. Dalvin Cook used the way that he was previously to me is a complete misuse of a star player in this era right now. So that's question one. Question two is, what are your intentions with Justin Jefferson? When I see all of the different ways and formations and the the amount of, of orbit plays uh, that are run now where the receiver goes behind the quarterback and creates real deception and confusion about where said player is going to go. And I see Jefferson line up time after time in one of the traditional slots. I think, what are you doing? Like, like this guy could create, and, and you don't have to hand him the ball but you do have to create the perception that he might do something that's going to screw your defense. The Vikings rarely did that. And then my third thing is, what are you going to do with Irv Smith? Because Irv Smith, to me, before he got hurt against the Chiefs in the exhibition game, looked outstanding. And, and Irv Smith would have been used a ton by the Vikings. But I can tell you right now, I know exactly how he would have been used traditional tight end plays right Irv Smith should be used as a hybrid wide receiver yeah um so those are those are my questions because it wasn't it wasn't just the ratio of run to pass it was the ratio of creative to absolutely boring offensive schematics that this team ran for the last at least two years well you want to know who led the 49ers in yards per reception at the peak Vernon Davis. Right. Vernon Davis was unleashed as a weapon by Jim Harbaugh, and especially in 2013. So, um, yeah, there's just uh, there's so many unknowns about the way that he would re-engage with the NFL. It's such a different league than it was eight years ago. There's so many different, more dynamic, athletic quarterbacks. You know, I, you know, not that Colin Kaepernick was the first ever mobile quarterback who also had a big arm, but, like, 
feels like half the league has mobile quarterbacks with pretty big arms now too. And so, yep. um, I don't know, maybe, maybe he would look to that. He might look at cousins and say, I like his accuracy, but he's actually, he, he he's going to limit us in what I want to do offensively. Cause I want the threat of mobility at quarterback. Like we had in San Francisco. Yes. Yes. And I don't think that Mond is just going to be the guy like Mond might just be a career backup. We don't know, but Jim Harbaugh would have a better chance of pulling whatever it is out of Kellen Mond than Mike Zimmer and that coaching staff times a hundred. Right. And, and plus two, I do think it, it's un- unfair to say, well, he was great uh, in the pros, but he got to Michigan. And I mean, look at his Q- QBs. First of all, you've got a very small time there. So like you don't have time to cultivate for years and develop and, and that that's not going to become your guy unless he's an absolute star. Um, I think college coaches, for the most part, are trying to um, milk their quarterbacks for what they're worth, and then they change them. So I don't think it's fair to draw a parallel between Harbaugh or a college coach from how he operates um, coaching, in this case, in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. to the pros. Um, I think if if Jim Harbaugh gets a quarterback he, here who he likes – He's going to work to develop him in Michigan. You're constantly like sort of changing them out and they're going to be gone quickly. And if they don't like you, they're going to hit the transfer portal. So I don't know that that's an apples to apples comparison to to say, well, his, his quarterbacks at Michigan dropped off. So therefore he's not good now with quarterbacks. I mean, and man, one more thing. And then, and then Judd's got some nugget here, but think about, and I don't know that he would sign up for this. This is part of the discussion. If, if you said, all right, listen, like, I know you like Kirk, his accuracy, whatnot. Kirk is definitely like the safe quarterback because you know, like, you know that he's a pro. You know that he can win some games. You're not going to be a disaster with Kirk. You know, your, your upside is capped with Kirk. But let's clear him out. Let's get a pick for him. Let's load up for 2022, 23, 2023, 24. Let's save cap space. And let's put Kellen Mond. And Malik Willis, we're going to do whatever we can to get Malik Willis because he's mobile. He's got a big arm. He's dynamic. We just need you to mold him. We need you to, to to limit some of the reckless plays and enhance the things that he can do well. And then you have all this cap space, front office, to build a monster roster. Get a get a real center in here. Get a right guard in here who's not experimental. You know, replenish the defense. And then you get to spend the next two years developing Kellen Mond and Malik Willis. And Malik Willis would probably be the guy because he'd be a first-round pick with higher upside, right? In 2022, win as many games as you can. If it's six or seven, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But 2023, you'll have a full year or two of development of these guys, $80 million in cap space, and ready to hit the ground running, no pun intended. How appealing is that compared to let's run it all back and see if Jim can maximize the same roster as last year, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. And by the way, the other thing about college quarterbacks, like you don't really get to pick your college quarterback. Like if you're a great recruiter or you're Nick Saban sitting atop the Alabama dynasty, you can kind of pick your quarterback, right? Jim Harbaugh could pick his quarterback more easily than P.J. Fleck can pick his quarterback, but Jim Harbaugh doesn't just get to like hand select any high school quarterback that he wants. If you're the Vikings and you're drafting 12th, you're probably not going to move into the top three, but you can kind of hand select any quarterback that you want in the draft within reason, right? Like you can trade up if you need to. If you think, if you feel like Malik Willis is that guy, you can get him. And then that's your guy. He doesn't get to say, oh, sorry, I'm going to go play for Nick Saban, actually. Like transfer portal time. (laughs) Right. So, all right, what do you got for us? Reckless. 
All right, I just got a note, and it is reckless, but it makes sense. How reckless? How reckless? Um, I'm going to let you you guys judge. I don't know. I don't know. I've just I've got it here, and I feel like it's worth putting out there. Okay. <clears throat> Harbaugh thinks he's going to get this job. Nothing has been guaranteed, but he will be here tomorrow. And the feeling at the end of the day is he's going to be the new head coach of the Vikings. Wait, okay. That's someone you said here. Is that someone in Minnesota? Someone in Minnesota. Okay. In Minnesota. So you read that one more time. Yes. Yes. Jim Harbaugh thinks he's going to get the job. Nothing has been guaranteed, but he's coming tomorrow, which has been reported, obviously, with the feeling at the end of the day, he is the new head coach of the Vikings. Reckless speculation. No, that's, and that's a window into his mm. psyche. Of yeah, course, he's not coming of course here. he thinks he's going to get the job. He's yes. Jim Harbaugh. And they could say no, but what this, what the path that this leads me down is, I think it gets farther and farther away unless this is a great bluff that the Dolphins are waiting in the wings with a plane here. No, I th- his so interest like, in the Vikings is absolutely yes. legitimate. Right, but absolutely. I mean that's that's been the comeback, right? Well, he's going to the Dolphins. We're being used. And but I but that's a possibility, but I don't think it's the percentage on that possibility is as high as Vikings fans think. Also, uh, at the end of the day, Doug Peterson flat out was trying to get too much control. So with the Vikings, with, with the, the Vikings, Vi- yes, like so like they had they had around, some discussions. He's going around telling teams, "I want control," and teams, not across the board, but teams are saying, "Okay, then, see you later, thank." That's bye. so interesting. So reckless speculation. So you have two guys, one that almost won a Super Bowl. And then another one that did win a Super Bowl. And then very quickly after their peak success with the Eagles and the 49ers, they had huge falling outs with their front office and ownership group, right? Yes, yes. And one of them, Doug Peterson, came out of that experience and said, I'm never going to, I don't want to work for people anymore. If if I'm going to do this again, I want control over the roster. I want control over other things internally, and I just want to make sure that this is my show. I'm a Super Bowl winning coach. It's my show. Yes. I have heard, not that Harbaugh won't wind up with the keys. You know, I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm not saying that he won't wind up with the keys. That he is less power hungry in that regard, and he's much more interested in just coaching players in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't want to get caught up in bureaucracy and managerial things. Like, his interest is in the right situation to be a coach. And that's to me, like I like that. I, I don't know that I would, the Doug Peterson thing. I don't like, that. I don't know that I would bring him in and give him full control. Like, dude, you're not bill Belichick. And but by I the wouldn't. way, bill Belichick has been crappy as a GM yeah. at times over the I don't past like that like, eight years. I'm with you. Totally you got to have two you. guys who might even fight on some things, res- you know, respectfully, hopefully. Right. I did find, and and we can, we'll talk to Boone about some of this stuff. Cause he was with the 49ers when all this falling out was happening. And by the way, so was Quasey. Quasey was in the room, so to speak, as the manager of football research for the 49ers in Jim Harbaugh's last two years as it sort of train wreck. And, and the feud was between, it, it, there were some reports like Deion Sanders and, and some other connected people were saying back eight years ago that there were some veteran players that were sort of fed up with Harbaugh's act. 
Mm-hmm. And um and so that is that is a real thing. But the but the bigger falling out was more Trent Balky ownership. Harbaugh and Balky hated each other, the GM. And um and Balky once he got fired a couple years later after the Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly debacles, I think he was out of football for like four years. And then the Jaguars brought him on board to do some work and now he's this beleaguered general manager of this crappy franchise. So it's not like his career took off. Like his career was kind of ruined by the way that things were handled in San Francisco. And um, I just think, I think Harbaugh looks back on that time and a understands like some of the things that he would do differently in a locker room. But B, I think Trent Balky is an idiot when it comes to communicating with people and when it comes to everything about his track record starting in like 2013 going forward is bad. I think he built his credibility up on the scouting side of the 49ers. They obviously put together great rosters and he deserves some credit for that. But I just feel like from what we've heard and seen about Quasi so far, two things are true. One, he seems like a great communicator and someone that's going to be able to just work with anyone. And two, he was in the room during that falling out. So if he knew that Jim Harbaugh was just like impossible to work with, don't you think he'd be banging the drum behind the scenes saying, ah, we, all right, we entertained it for a minute, but guys, I was there. We can't bring Jim Harbaugh into this organization. I saw it all. It was a disaster, and it was just not workable. It sounds to me like he's saying to the Wilfs, I was there, and he's, hard, he's definitely kind of a pain in the ass, and he can be hard to work with. But let me tell you about Trent Balky. That guy was incompetent, and that guy was a terrible communicator and was power hungry, right? Like, and I'm, I'm just painting a picture here, but why would this progress to this point if Quessy was in the room eight years ago and had major reservations about Jim Harbaugh's ability to, to run a football team and communicate with people in the front office, right? And they're probably friends. And my guess is that they still talk and have talked and that Jim has probably said, I've changed, man. I'm different. I'm different. Time has changed me. I'm 58 now. Now, that might be true, and it might not be true. But no matter what, again, I go back to this could be so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. This could be so oh much fun. God, to yeah. do, do I think it would last more than five years? Absolutely not. Ask me if I care. Um, oh, oh, it, oh. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. What do we got? Speculation. All right, again, this is reckless. This is reckless speculation. Chris uh, Chris Reardon just tweets at the show. My brother just saw Jim Harbaugh at the airport in Minnesota. It's happening. Reckless speculation. I feel like Jim should be flying private. Should Jim, did you pick him up? Shouldn't Jim be flying did, private? Did the Why does he pick wa- him up? Is, is he walking through Harbaugh's the airport? Running out front, Jim. We gotta go. Yeah, We're I don't get towed. I don't know if Harbaugh's pulling at Gate G at MSP Terminal One right now. I, I don't. You know don't what though? He is the dude who would do that, though, right? Paul, welcome to uh, <laughs> the local time is ten fifty-seven. I hope you enjoy your stay here. If this is home, welcome home. <laughs> Can you imagine him just wearing that big block Michigan hat? The Wilfs are like, we gotta got to go. the pen in the collar. We're running out front. We're going to get our car towed. <laughs> Do you think he wears cleats on the plane? Oh, yeah. God, I, I'm, t- I'm telling cleats, you. big Michigan I'm hat. telling you, I am here for this. I am here. Can you imagine the Dude. fodder? I'm all into it. Screw it. This is great. You know what? Do you know what a year 
of, of Harbaugh and potentially Cousins would do for us, our show would absolutely take off more. Yeah. I love this. This is so much. This is so interesting. Everything goes back to Judd's selfish motives. Yes. yes. Brett Favre, man. I'm done playing, but you didn't win a Super Bowl. I don't care. Oh, man. All right. Any, uh, we're going to go deep on this stuff on, on Purple Daily, too. Alex Boone will have insight because, you know, he uh, worked very closely with Jim for a number of years. Any other final thoughts from you guys here as it stands with this Vikings coaching search? Just. Put your seatbelt on. Get your popcorn out. I, I think this is so awesome. I think tomorrow, I I am guessing with the way that the Wills operate that we are staring a Thursday or Friday Jim Harbaugh press conference right in the face. Oh, yeah, I, yes. I think he, I, I agree. I think he's and this the is gonna be, favorite. And this is just, I mean, it's going to be next to Favre. It is probably going to be the biggest storyline that we've seen, right, yeah. from this team? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like the cousins one was big, but not far. Um, I think this will be the second biggest storyline. Yep. And this team that brought Moss back. Yeah. This is uh, this is this is. And by the way, we just got we just got the January numbers in for uh, for Score North podcast, Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, and we we. <laughs> We've been year over year. We've seen major growth for like a year and a half, and we shattered every download record that we've ever had in any month in the three years of Score North's existence in this January. So, thank you guys. By the way, we have the best audience. I know a lot of people have discovered right. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily recently, maybe even in the last month or two, and uh, it's just been a blast here throughout this month. And this is going to be like a five month stretch of fun off season things, right? Coach, quarterback, draft. Sit new free, offensive free system, agent, like every free, free agency. Do you want to play for Jimmy Harbaugh? Oh my! Do you God. want to play for Jimmy? Rick Last Jimmy. thing, I just got a note. Um, th- this is not reckless, but it's important because we we certainly talked about this on uh, Purple After Dark last night. I just got a note saying that there is no question that Quazy is pounding the table for Harbaugh. So so like, oh if there's God. any question about like, oh my God, th- does he want O'Connell? Which I thought. I You're saying Qua- Quasi wants, wants Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Quasi wants Harbaugh. Because I've speculated it's the Wills. But it sounds like Quasi and Harbaugh legitimately are buddies and that Quasi is pounding the table for Jim. Dude. I will say this for I will say this. My it's my happening. sense of Quasi is this. Are you gonna tweet that? He's very, very smart. He's very, very smart. I think he's the type of personality guy who would be very willing to take the back seat and make the moves, yeah. but like wouldn't need to, to be like, well, here goes Jim again. Yep. Uh, Jim's talking again. It sounds like, too, according to people that cover Michigan, too, the, the Jim has been much more open to analytics and just yep, new so. ways of evaluating. You know, he's, he's not Zimmer. He's not Zimmer. I know they have, they're, they're both a little older and whatever, but like, these are two different dudes, and everything I've heard, too, is that Jim is just a, a better team builder than Mike Zimmer ever was. You know, Mike Zimmer slashed the heads off stuffed animals in the locker room once. That was his idea of team building. All right. That's weird. <laughs> All right. We should probably go before Judd actually breaks the story. Do you have any other nuggets? Um, let me see here. Oh, um, uh, yes. One, one more. Harbaugh and Graham are Quasi's guys. So Graham might still in, in, mm-hmm. appear on, on the staff. Uh, Dukes sent me a note la- uh, um, late last week 
that the Fangio connection with Harbaugh might not currently be as strong as we thought. So I guess it wouldn't be surprising if Graham actually ends up here to coordinate the defense for Harbaugh. But he's under contract as a defensive, so they they'd have to give him like an assistant head coach role or something. Yeah, probably, probably. Or but I but I mean they they want to keep him, but it's a new coach, so I don't so know. Dable, that, yeah, that Dable said he wants him. to keep him. Yeah, but I don't know that they would force him to work for a guy that, that he might say I don't want to work for. But you know, you're correct. It, they could give him an assistant head coach title too. Another name to watch on the offensive side, if it is Harbaugh, Pep Hamilton, is a name that keeps getting thrown out there. So Pep Hamilton. Uh, I believe was Jim's wide receivers coach and then offensive coordinator Lux, at Stanford. He was Lux guy at Stanford. Yep. Coordinator. And then and then he became the Colts offensive coordinator with Andrew Luck his first three years yep. in Indianapolis. He's Luck. He's kind guy. of bounced around. And then he he was at Michigan for a Andrew Luck. Of you years. get in the gym right now, dude. Make oh that comeback God, in three years. But gains you got to gain some weight back, dude. He weighs if, like one sixty now. I know the Colts have the rights to his contract, so you'd have to trade for him, but he's only like 31 years old. At some point, doesn't he get the itch? Looks Especially like he, if, it's, if it's Jim he Harbaugh. He looks real ha- happy being uh, Mr. Mom. Does he look happy, though? He looked he look miserable a, on he's TV. A, he's he had a, a weird must. He looked frail. Well, he did look frail. He did not look strong. Oh, man. All right. Reckless. Anyway, that's all I got for you. I'm going to have to take a break right now. Okay. Whew. Amazing. All right, yeah, uh, Federated, real quick here. Federated is here, thanks, Declan, mm-hmm. to uh, help business owners. They are all about helping you maximize the success of your business. And you can find out more information about all the tools and resources and people that Federated provides at federatedinsurance.com. You can, you can, you can find your local, specific, face-to-face marketing rep that will help guide and navigate you on your way to more success as a business owner. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Write that down tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.